Another episode of Fratello on Air. I'm Mike Stockton, coming to you from Frankfurt, Germany. And I'm RJ, coming to you from The Hague in the Netherlands. Well, RJ, it's been a long time since we've spoken. How are you doing? Yeah, good. It has been a while. You took over with uh, Balash and uh, Jorg, I heard, on uh, one of the recordings, which was nice, I have to say. We'll be back again. Um, we're going to actually record this week the... Uh, the dynamic trio and oh uh, wow well you you've been off uh, trying to become the next rutger hauer i see you've been doing a lot of videos lately yeah we are trying to up our uh, video game a bit so uh, please check it out we have a youtube channel uh, for telewatches and uh, yeah we we have been uh, trying and going back and forth with some different formats and uh, we are not there yet i will tell you that but it's a lot of fun to do so and to explore but we also noticed that we need to move to a different building because we need more space and uh, yeah we really need to to practice our uh, video game but uh, it's a lot of fun uh, doing so so whichever uh, place you move to will there be a uh, snack uh, cafe around the corner I guess so, because there's one on every street corner in the Netherlands, but I think not as good as the one that we have, Jack Snack, mm. who won several prizes in the Netherlands for his uh, homemade fries. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I, I will miss that. Uh, I will miss that office if, in fact, you do move. So, but onwards and upwards, right? Genau. Yeah. So we have a a bit of a special episode today. We're going to talk about the Omega novelties because uh, they dropped today and there was an awful lot of content from us. Uh, So be very, very, uh, we'll we'll talk to you a little bit about the process behind putting all that together. And then we'll talk about some watches as well. But the first thing we must do, and I, uh, I mentioned this on our last podcast is that we have a, a correction in our pronunciation, RJ. Yeah, I read it. There was a comment on the website as well yep. from a, a German uh, listener. And he Lucas, said... Lucas, yeah. Lucas. It's Handgelenkskontrolle. Yeah. So we we stand corrected. So here we go with a Handgelenkskontrolle. And um, I, I'm going to take a bet as we're recording this on Tuesday. What are you What are you wearing there, RJ? A Speedmaster. <laughs> A moonshine gold. I, I won the bet, by the way. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> so? Yeah, I uh, because it's a Tuesday, I, I uh, put on the uh, moonshine. I was actually, and I, I don't want to make a habit out of this, but today I was uh, double wristing. Mm. And... That has to do because, uh, well, we had the novelties from Omega. They, uh, I will talk about that later. But we also had the new Velcro straps, and they sent us two. And um, I had to put uh, two on two watches, so I brought two Speedmasters uh, this, uh, today to the office. And, um, yeah, so that's why I was wearing two watches, basically, because I needed the two watches to, uh, to be fitted with the Velcro straps for the pictures and so on. I saw that picture on Instagram. I think um, 
Yeah, you took a little bit of heat for putting a strap on that uh, on that moonshine Ooh, gold, didn't you? People got angry with me. Yeah, well. But uh, hey, it's my watch, man. It is. I do whatever I want with it. Even when you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I get it. But uh, people, uh, they say, oh, how can you do this and this and blah, blah, blah. But And I agree, it did look good. But for me, it was more that um, yeah, you, want to show you need to put straps. it on a watch. So I just took two watches, basically. And um, um, I could also... Um, um, swapped it around, put a black Velcro on the on the moonshine gold. Not sure if that would would have been better, <laughs> but um, yeah, that moonshine gold belongs on a gold bracelet. I also tried it on a leather strap, but really, it looks awesome on the bracelet. So it's a bit of a blasphemy to put it on something else. But I have to say, um, and then we don't have to talk about these straps anymore later on. Um, they are really comfortable and they look really nice on the wrist. Uh, some people feel that they look cheap and that might be the case. I think that's also a matter of perception, but they're definitely not cheaply made. It's really quality stuff and they uh, they wear very good. Uh, the price is 190 euros, so uh, they better, better wear good, better to be, be good, honest. Right? <laughs> Yeah, but well, you know what? I also see a lot of people and we also have them in our office. They order like 10 euro NATO straps. And for me, that gives a bit of a shortcut in my head because um, you're wearing, well, in the gold case, you're wearing like a 30,000 euro watch. But even if you're wearing a normal normal steel Speedmaster, you're wearing a five or 6K watch. Why do you put a 10 euro NATO strap on that? That doesn't compute with me. It's kind of... Uh, Kind of, kind of like when you're looking at a uh, used car ad, right? And it's a some high-end vehicle that's maybe 15 years old, and it has tires that you've never heard of. Yeah, don't put 100 euro tires on your Mercedes S600, man. It doesn't yeah, make sense. Exactly. Yeah. So, but so all in all, if you if you, if you look at it that way, I think 190 euro. It's a lot of money. It's a Velcro strap, but it's really well made. Um, one of the questions in our office was that uh, how will it look in a, in a year from now? And I guess we need to find out. But um, I'm pretty convinced that they will re- remain to to look good, and it can it can be not your taste or anything. But I think the quality is uh, is is not the discussion. It's just do you like it or don't you like it? I don't know. I like it more than a NATO strap because with this strap. It's not a NATO strap, so you have to fix it to your watch between the lugs. So there's no no fabric going under the watch. So you don't have this your watch sitting high up oh, your wrist. That's nice. That's cool. So it wears like a normal strap, which I really uh, prefer, basically. Yeah, I'm with you, and I I've never really liked the you know the hump you get from folding the the strap under or whatever you do mm-hmm. to lock it. Yeah. And I I think with Velcro, you're right. You either like it or you don't. Um, and I'm with you. I've tried them on, not the the Omega versions, but I've tried them on, and they are really comfortable. I think um, for some reason in my head, <laughs> I uh, you know we're not that different in age. And I grew up when Velcro shoes came out, and yeah, I had those. <laughs> I just thought they were really nerdy. And uh, my dad ended up telling me, like some friends had it. He goes, "Yeah, it's because they don't know how to tie their shoes." <laughs> so I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the, we we had uh, uh, Timo in our office. Um, he's one of the new guys at Fertello, and uh, uh, he's not really. He's a bit of a watch guy, but he takes care of different things. And um, he saw the the white Velcro strap, and he said, "Oh man, 
when I was young, I had shoes with those <laughs> with that with that stuff, and uh, yeah, th- but that could be two years ago with him. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, these these Velcro shoes have sort of come back, haven't they? So yeah. All but right. Yeah, so that's the that's the watch I'm wearing, and don't worry, guys, and uh, angry <clears throat> angry commenters and uh, and and readers and listeners, uh, the watch is back on its gold bracelet. Yeah, I even made a comment. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so what's on your handgelenk? Yeah, I, I know it's Tuesday, um, but I am actually not wearing a Speedmaster today. I am wearing something appropriate for our show Traitor. today. Yeah, but, but, I'm, but I'm still within the family here. I am wearing my Omega Seamaster 300 Big Triangle with a date. Uh, so it is reference 166.024. And I ended up buying this watch, I guess, about five years ago or so from our mutual friend, Boris. Hi, oh, Boris. 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 I think I think he might be listening. Hopefully. I hope you're well, Boris. It's been a long time. So, Boris used to drive this uh, C-Class Mercedes that had like... Combi. Yeah, it had like 400,000 kilometers on it. And it had like a collection of um, those Swiss uh, vignettes from like the last 20 years. It was epic. Um, I don't think... I I spoke to him last year and I don't think the car is still alive. It's gone. It's gone, unfortunately. The good thing is, I think he just replaced it with a similar one. (laughs) I I think so. But this car was just like... it, it, It... it had a lot of character and um anyhow boris used to drive uh, you know to to see various clients or buy watches and things and he would hit frankfurt every so often so we had dinner one time and he ended up selling me this this uh omega big triangle and it's a really nice watch i think that um well the the planet ocean carries a few hints from that watch doesn't it um in in style um yeah, I, I think all the, the, this, these liar locks uh, that we see on the also on the Aquaterra and the Planet Ocean, they're relatively similar. But Planet Ocean is a is a is a is a good uh, is a good one before they reintroduced the Seamaster three hundred. That is, yeah, and um, it's it's a neat watch because it has that. Um, well, you may know the movements better than I do. I'm sure you do. But the, uh, the date is interesting because you change the date by popping the crystal out kind of back and forth. It has its spring uh, loaded. The and, crown. Yeah. And yeah. You just it's a 564 like, or 561, something like that. Yeah, it could be. 561 sounds right. And anyhow, the uh, that uh, generation of 300, I always really liked because of the lug work and mm-hmm. always thought it had a really distinct dial. And yeah, I don't, I don't wear it often enough, but it's one of those watches that I think really, you know, competes well with a, with a Submariner of the same age. Yeah. And I think, but I also think that today's prices are very different from the ones of five years ago. And I can also remember a friend of mine and you know him as well. It's the guy with the 600 initials, mm-hmm. um, first being a Z mm-hmm. and, um, um, he bought one in the shop from Gerard, one of our uh, editors, long, long time ago. And I think it was like two or two and a half thousand euros. And it's an amazing watch. It's really a beautiful box and beautiful papers, piece. if I remember right. Yeah. Big triangle, yeah, no correct. date. Yeah. And yeah, he sold it to him. Gerard told me 2,500 euros. And the funny thing is like, 
who the heck was I talking to? Somebody that um, I haven't spoken to in a long time, another watch friend who lives here in Wiesbaden, who amazingly had spoken to Gerard about that watch and ended up turning it down. So this watch is like, it's like the, uh, the Kevin Bacon game, we call it in the U.S., where you can like, within seven people, you can relate any actor to Kevin Bacon. And uh, this watch is the Kevin Bacon of watches, so... Yeah, well, I also know that Gerard has more of those uh, watches in his shop that people were looking for, didn't pull the trigger, and one did, got lucky. And But this is one of those watches indeed. Um, I really like that Seamaster 300. should have bought one when the, the, they were still uh, indeed around 2,500 euros, because today they aren't. And um, But the good news is you can buy a re-edition of those watches, Seamaster 300. Mm -hmm. That watch was already in the collection and today Omega introduced a new one, a a few new ones of that model, basically. So so before we get to that, and I think that is Mm -hmm. the standout release that probably our listeners are, are really looking forward to hearing about, why don't you walk us through the process of of what goes on when there's a big release like this that you know, especially these days where we're not going to a Basel world mm-hmm. where Omega used to uh, present mm-hmm. and we'd get hit with these things. So, so talk to us about, about what happened this year. Yeah. So we already saw it a few weeks ago with the uh, Grand Seiko and Seiko and um, uh, everything is digital. Um, and um, uh, Omega was no different. Um, uh, from April 7 to April 13, which happens to be my birthday and the day, not a coincidence, that we will announce the winner of March Mania, who will win yes. the Hamilton watch. And the Hamilton watch arrived today in our office, so it's really there and existing. I will put up some pictures of the of that watch on, uh, on our Instagram. Um, with the Watches and Wonders, which used to be SIHH in Geneva, it's all digital, we get a lot of stuff under embargo. We have to sign NDAs with uh, with our blood. And um, then either a brand, they share the press releases with us under embargo, so also the pictures, so we already have seen some stuff. Um, but some brands also send us the watches, so we can take pictures, we can do some video, uh, we, we can uh, play a bit with them to see how they are in the flesh. And um, that's really help, helpful, to be honest, because as you know, um, based on pictures, it sometimes is really difficult to, to really experience the watch, basically. And um, with Omega, they, they uh, contacted us and they said, okay, uh, March 23rd on Tuesday we will do new releases and um, I told them that um, uh, I asked them is it digital how, how are you going to do it and they said yeah it's digital presentation and um, we have different time slots for the different markets uh, we will send the press releases out at seven o'clock in the morning and then uh, you can't uh, uh, yeah you, you have to respect certain certain times for uh, for publishing and then I said well that's all uh, uh, great but i really i really want to see those watches and uh, can you send us a few of the novelties and then they said okay let's walk you through the novelties and uh, when we do so so before today before tuesday so last friday we had like a like a zoom or skype call with uh, with omega and they said let's we want to walk you through the watches and we will make sure that you have a box of the new watches in your office that we can go through them together so that was super super nice mm. 
Um, so they sent us a box with nine watches, um, three Omega Seamaster 300s, one in bronze, two in steel, one with a steel bracelet. There were two constellations for ladies. There was an Aquaterra for ladies. There were two Deville Tresor watches for men, the 40 millimeter, and two Velcro straps for the moon watch. Um, did I then get all nine watches? I think so, yes. I think so. Yeah. So and then so on on Thursday last Thursday these watches were delivered by a courier from from uh, Swatch Group uh, Ashbourne near you in uh, in Germany. And um so we had basically we had the time till today this morning to 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 work with them. Well basically they they needed to return yesterday already. So we had from Thursday afternoon till Sunday evening basically because on Monday morning they uh, were picked up again. And um in those in that time frame we need to do all the pictures the video and we also need to prepare the writing so we had nine articles today um, for these nine watches one article contained two watches plus one article for the velcro straps so in total nine articles and we, and all the pictures and we did two videos so it was quite a busy weekend to be honest uh, our ma managing editor rob was working on them karina was working on a few articles i wrote a few articles and bert of course did all the pictures and the video and uh, Gerard also took a few pictures uh, Jorg was in the office to be a wrist model <laughs> and uh, Karina was wrist model for the ladies watches so it was a very busy few last days so it is really time uh, time pressure is there but it's also we didn't have the press releases so we did a walkthrough with the, to, through the collection with uh, Omega on video and we made some notes but um, we didn't have everything and, and anything and sometimes during these meetings you don't think about everything yeah, so you, you miss a few things yeah. so indeed this morning we made two mistakes so i want to stand corrected the deville tresor is not moonshine gold it's yellow gold and very important the seamaster 300 bronze gold the bezel is made of ceramic and not aluminum the aluminum one is on the steel watches that aluminum has been hardened with some some treatment and it's now like 500 vickers instead of 200 vickers and um so we might we made two little flaws there and that's because yeah we have everything prepared uh based on our notes <laughs> and then uh, a quarter past seven the, the press releases came in and we just checked it on highlights if everything was okay pricing okay and so on and we missed those two things and that can happen so but some uh, some readers they, they paid attention and they saw the, the stuff on the omega website as well and they let us know so we corrected it um so but yeah it's it's the time pressure so you only have a few hours to play with these watches basically and by the way in the background the rest of the website has to function so the other articles that are being written the other embargo material which you know this is the season so there's a lot going on that we're preparing for so yeah you you, you really have to somehow jam in this um this sprint let's say around a brand like omega and and yeah, continue running the website as uh as normal yeah yeah no it's true and um yeah the traffic is crazy i think people are really waiting for something from omega of course they already had their speedmasters earlier this year first uh, first uh, tuesday of the year the new speedmaster uh, uh master chronometer watches and um yeah, I think people were waiting for these watches. So Omega made sure that they have in every like major collection, Seamaster, Deville, Constellation, um, 
and Speedmaster, they, they already did, that they have new watches there. Hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing, the, the amount of content that went out today, and it was really great to see all, all basically hands-on with um, really good opinion behind it. And I, I think the most um, the most popular models, of course, uh, for, for our listeners, are the three hundreds. And let's let's spend yeah. a minute on that. And yeah. why don't oh, you run oh, down? I, I forgot one watch, so I was already thinking I'm missing one. I missed the Seamaster three hundred M in black black, so the, the, ah, the, yes. the ceramic That's one. Right. Yeah, very important. I think that one got quite some traction as well. Absolutely. So, where, which one shall I start with? Well, uh, I think the the standout model, at least in terms of of bringing something quite different, is this new bronze gold alloy. So, let's talk about that because I have some thoughts yeah. on it, and yeah, yeah, let us know what this is. Uh, yeah, so basically, um, we discussed it with uh, with Omega and uh, with Mister uh, Ashleyman and um, um, Gregory Kissling, who is the, the the product guy there. Um, Omega didn't want to do like just a, a bronze watch because they feel that um, Omega also has a certain uh, there needs to be a certain in my words not theirs uh, like a sense of luxury to these watches and they felt that a bronze watch with a patination and so on it's a bit too far away from what they're doing so what they did is they come up with their own alloy and it's still patent pending where the patination will not go very quickly and that there's also like a, a limitation on how far this thing will patinate it will not turn green for example there will will not grow trees on the trees on the watch um so what they did basically is they took the the uh, bronze uh, so there's a lot of copper in there there is uh 37.5 is gold mm-hmm in that watch nine carat gold so it's a whole marked nine carat then there's palladium in there there's silver in there and then there's gallium and that doesn't ring a bell with me but perhaps it does for you Hmm. yeah i need to look it up but i i'm not sure if that's one of those i think uh, it has to do to to uh, to slow down the patination and i think it's ensure the that the color is being kept and that was also interesting. They want they really uh, work towards getting a speci- very specific color for this watch. They want this watch, this bronze gold alloy. They want it to be exactly between Setna gold and uh, moonshine gold. Hmm. And so, I think they uh, they managed. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you you went hands on with it. I mean, I've I've seen it in your pictures, and uh, I'm I'm. You know, I I was kind of uh, all over the place on this, and in the end, I always like a new material for a watch, so I think it's pretty neat. And I actually think that Omega's comments about not going full bronze like so many other brands have, they they kind of resonate. And I think it makes sense what they said, and that's not to take anything away from bronze, but you know, bronze watches are, are clearly a, uh, you know, people like them or they don't. And I think here... It's you, also a bit, uh, I don't know if the word's correct, but it, it also, it's a bit rough, bronze. Yeah. It's it, not, re- not a really refined material. No, it's more of an industrial material, right? I mean, yeah. okay, st- stainless steel is as well, but, you know, stainless steel keeps its, keeps its looks. And I think that... Um, I understand the decision. Um, it, it's Omega, I think, for 
several years now has been pretty, yeah, pretty innovative in terms of alloys, typically on the precious metals side. And yeah, this is pretty neat. So I, I think it's a cool decision. It's something different. It's something funky. I mean, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see how this watch sells and how it, um, you know, how it does in one or two years. I obviously, you know, we'll spend a few minutes here shortly on the stainless models and those will be the volume players, but I like this. Um, and you know, what I, what I also like, and, and we can just talk about it right now because it carries over to all, all the three hundreds here, is what they've done in terms of the dial and some of the other changes. Yeah. So what what they did, and this also goes for the steel models, they kept the same dimension as the, the previous model, 41 millimeter diameter. But what I noticed when I put the watch on the wrist is that it appeared bigger on my wrist. Huh. And um, because we got in the watches on, 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 uh, on Thursday and I measured them with my uh, caliper thing and uh, yeah, 41. And... Um, then we had to call on Friday with them and they said, yeah, it, the watch appears bigger because <laughs> um, we made the uh, the part where the bezel is, so the sides of the case, like the, 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 yeah, the case band, basically, we made it a bit uh, uh, smaller. So the dial increased with one millimeter. Okay. So because the dial ap- aperture um, uh, increased with one millimeter, the watch looks bigger on your wrist. <laughs> so the old one... Um I always felt between the crystal and the actual bezel insert, there was quite a thick uh, band of metal between the two. Yeah. yeah, and they made that a little bit smaller. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's the part that they made it made a, made a little bit smaller, I think. And um, what they also did with this watch is they put in a sandwich dial. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the, the open six and the open nine, and I saw some some... Panerai comments and so on. Um, not sure when they started doing this, but it's also, I think, of less importance. Um, Omega has had a Seamaster 300 in 1961 or 1962 that also had these open six and open nine uh, numerals on the dial. And I have to be honest here. I also liked the sandwich dial on the Panerai's, I, and I also like it on a Seamaster 300. I think it really looks nice. I think it's a pretty quality looking detail yeah so it, yeah. it just adds some yeah. depth to the dial um, yeah yeah i i and like it I, I like it yeah and and the dial on the bronze one is uh, uh copper uh, or yeah or bronze or copper and and um they also use this this aging process basically um to make to give it this this brown color and every dial is unique basically oh, nice. for this watch Okay. So that's a cool uh, that's a cool feature. Um, it it has a bit of faux patina or um, yeah, so some like a creamy looking uh, uh, superluminova. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there are fifty uh, percent of the people uh, dislike it, and then there, there's the other fifty percent that likes it. I am in the camp that likes it because I think it's a vintage inspired watch, and it looks cool. It's also what people are looking for when they want to buy a, a vintage watch that the loom looks nice or the tritium has a nice uh, discoloration. And uh, yeah, it's 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 not tritium, it's superluminova in a specific color, but it just looks nice. And it also matches nicely with the bronze case. Exactly. I think it goes well with the, the dial and the case. So, yeah. so, so they also switched up the crystal on the bezel a bit, didn't they? 
Yeah, so the bezel is ceramic on this one, um, which looks nice. And uh, the crystal, it's uh, like a, a, a domed crystal. I don't know exactly what the, what the previous was, but this one looks to be uh, uh, yeah, a bit more uh, uh, box shapey. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I really it, it really looks cool. It's really difficult to make proper pictures of that watch, especially with iPhone. Perhaps uh, I think Brad did a nice job with his normal cameras, but with iPhone, it was I shot you some some pictures through uh, through WhatsApp uh, last Thursday or Friday, and that's where you saw that it was yeah pretty difficult because you have to deal with a lot of reflections with this crystal, I think, mm-hmm. uh, on the dial, so you don't really see it properly. So it's really a difficult watch to uh, to to yeah photograph properly. But um, yeah, I, I have to say I really like it. So it, it comes on the leather strap that looks uh, very similar to the, the Speedy Tuesday strap, the brown one with the, with the stitching. And um, the lug width is 21 millimeter. And that was also the case on the previous one. And then it tapers down to 16. And then there's this bronze gold uh, buckle. Nice. And that will retail, I checked in Germany here, it's 11,500. So a little bit more in the Netherlands, yep. I guess. Uh, no, also eleven five hundred. Um, yeah, eleven five hundred. I have the price in front of me. Okay. So, um, and what do you yeah, think? How do you, how do you think that uh, will, that will do? It's it's uh, it's not inexpensive, obviously. So it's not inexpensive. It the the price is a bit between uh, steel and gold, I would say, um, for these watches, and um, and that's perhaps exactly what it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see that, that it's 11,500 because it's not bronze. It's bronze gold. So it's a, a different thing. It's got some value. And yeah, there's, there's, there's a value in it. And um, yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, but if money, of course, if money was no object, I think I would go for the bronze one, the bronze gold one, sorry. I think that that watch is, um, it, it just looks super nice and has a nice touch. And um yeah, I think I preferred over the two steel models that I, that I had here, which were also nice. I had the one with the blue dial and the blue bezel on a stainless steel bracelet and the one with a black dial, black bezel on a leather strap. And very nice watches. Prices are different, like uh, 6.1k euro and 6.5k euro. Um, but I would pick the bronze one, so, bronze gold. So I had a question about the, um, the stainless oh. models. And, yeah, go and before I answer that, I will also add that these watches have a new movement. Mm. These watches, and I think that is the next, also next big step that Omega basically announced today, that I think almost every watch now, or perhaps every watch, is now Master Chronometer certified. Nice. Because the previous CMOS 300 wasn't. It was this uh, this uh, Master Coaxial, basically, it was called. Um, so the Master Chronometer certification was not there yet. Now it's Master Chronometer certified. It has caliber 8912 from the top of my head. Um, and yeah, so that's basically the same movement as um, 8900, which is in my Globemaster, but without the date window. And the other Seamasters, you see often that they have a caliber from the 8800 series. The difference is the power reserve. There's um, uh, 60 hours in the 8900 series and 55 hours in the um, 8800 series. And 
Um, not sure if you've noticed. So the 8900 series, like this one has two barrels. The other one has one barrel. The 8800 series, they have the, the traditional date change. So like quick set date. Mm-hmm. And with 8900 and 8912 in this case, you can set the hour hand independently. Okay, so it's got the jumping hour. Yeah, it has the jumping hour. That's the big difference. So more power reserve and the jumping hour. Okay. So so when we move to the steel models, um, first question I have, because I, I checked it out, uh, maybe this was Jorg doing his uh, wrist modeling. It seems to me that the bracelet, um, the end links now uh, drop more vertically, kind of like we saw on the uh, Speedmasters. Is that the case or not the case? Yeah. Um I was actually a bit amazed. I have to say I didn't try. I I had to watch it for the weekend <laughs> and I only wore almost the, the bronze gold one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try the, 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 the steel one with the steel bracelet, but the bracelet was a bit too, too big, so I didn't want to resize it. And um, um, what I noticed is that the bracelet is different from the Ed White, for example, mm-hmm. um, but it's also different from the Trilogy version. The trilogy, the trilogy series that also had the Seamaster 300, which I still really, really like, um, that bracelet is uh, quite a bit, quite different. It doesn't taper that much, and this one really tapered, so it has a bit smaller links, and uh, it, it, it tapers more. Whether the end link is really it- smaller, I don't know. Could be. You, you remember that I had the uh, gold 300 uh, on review a few years back. And, yeah. you know, that bracelet, I recall the end link sticking out kind of like, uh, yeah, like a prior Speedmaster bracelet or a Rolex bracelet. And this one looks like it really articulates well. And the other thing I recall was the clasp was just massive. So, did you find the clasp on this also more in line with what uh, Omega's been doing? Smaller? To be honest, uh, the clasp is still bulky, mm-hmm. bulkier than uh, what's on my uh, Ed White. But this one has this easy adjustment system inside the clasp. Sure, so it's it, a diver. It, it is a bit bulky. But by coincidence, I had the bracelet of my uh, Speedmaster 57 from the trilogy in my office when I also had this, uh, this Seamaster 300. And it's, uh, I think it's less bulky. The whole bracelet feels a bit more slim and it tapers more. So it's more elegant, so to speak. So, so the other thing I noticed is that, you know, back in 2014, when Omega came out with this 300, which was, which was a big deal. Um, the, the blue dial version was titanium. So this time both blue and black are steel. So what do we think? Are we going to see a titanium version or do you think the bronze takes over no. that exotic <clears throat> material to be honest um i think this goal for, this goes for the whole range i think omega is slimming down their skus a bit or reference numbers so i think we will see less watches basically in the same collections i think they will restructure it a bit uh, based on yeah what i've seen and um what I do believe is that there is space for a titanium watch or room for, for titanium watch and, and, and gold watches because the new ones, as I said, are master chronometer watches and the old ones are master coaxial chronometer watches. So they they are not certified by, by Metas. And I think for Omega, it's very important that all of their watches or at least uh, high in the 90% uh, uh, somewhere that these watches get this master chronometer certification. So I think... 
all the non-master chronometers will be phased out at some point mm-hmm. and perhaps that they will replace the gold one with the gold one and the titanium one with the titanium one. I don't think that these basically three different watches will replace the entire collection there. So I think they will add some more in the future. Okay. But no word on it, of course. Uh, they, they didn't say, they didn't state, and uh, so I don't know. But I can imagine that they, they had it in gold, like you reviewed it. And it, was, <laughs> it was a very nice review. And I don't know if you can remember, they also did a couple of them with this malachite, or malachite oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, dial that looked like awesome. And they, they introduced it to us with this, uh, this white gold or platinum bracelets. And in the end, they didn't produce those. They put them on leather straps because it was, uh, I think there was some, some issue with producing these bracelets. But um, those watches made a huge impression. So yeah, it would be nice to see one of uh, one or, or two of those again as well in the future. Yeah. So, so the other thing we didn't mention on these is that um, when you look at the dial, all you have on the dial as far as writing is the Omega logo, yeah. Omega, and Seamaster 300. There is no other information, which is no. There's awesome. no master uh, master chronometer or master coaxial chronometer or automatic or whatever. I think it's really clean looking, and that's what I yeah. like so much about these new Seamaster 300s. Super clean, super yes, yeah, on point, and it's not a remake. So I asked uh, uh, Omega um, the, the the original models. They, they there's a discussion whether they did or did not have a like a, a bevel on the on the lux, and Omega claims these watches didn't have in the past, and some collectors claim to have seen some that are still in new old stock condition from the factory from 1957 that do have that, <laughs> and so on and so on. So I asked them about it, and they said, well, we didn't. We didn't want to recreate the original CK2913. We want to use different elements from different Seamaster 300s. So that's why you see the lollipop, which is something from 1959. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why, for example, you see the Open 6 and Open 9, which is from uh, nine, uh, from 61 or 62. So they use different elements from different um, references uh, from the past while being in a 41 millimeter case and with new movement. Yeah, and, I, so on. and I think they really did a nice job. I, I agree with you, and I and I was going to mention the lollipop. I think that's a really nice touch. Um, yeah, I boy, I like the um, let's say the bronze gold version, but I am kind of partial to this blue one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh wow, I didn't yeah. expect. Yeah, I didn't I, expect that because it's it's quite outspoken. This blue. I mean, it's not IKEA blue, but it's definitely blue. <laughs> well, the dial, at least in your pictures, has this really nice granular texture to it. Is that uh, how is that in person? Yeah, it's so I say it's it's not hard blue or IKEA blue. It's really subtle, subtle, and it, it is a little structure in the dial. I would say uh, mm-hmm. very minimal, but it's there. It's not a completely uh, flat dial, so to speak, and. Um, yeah, I really like it. I really had to look when I had them inside in my heart. I took some pictures on the on the dining table <laughs> of, the, of these watches for my own uh, uh, collection of pictures on my iPhone. And uh, it was a bit uh, uh, already a bit darker. And I really had to look closely whether it was the blue or black or... Uh, oh, okay, in the dark. Or, yeah. yeah, it's blue, definitely. But um, the blue looks nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, for myself, um, the bronze is definitely the number one. I'm also not that big of a fan of the lollipop hand on this watch um 
but otherwise i would go if i would go steel i would go for the black one i think it's a bit more timeless yeah i um we were talking a little bit i you know for my wrist which is a small one i mm-hmm. i still the form factor of the trilogy uh 300 fits me best this one you know i struggled to size the gold bracelet when i had it last time i couldn't uh you know i i i just struggled to get it down that that small without it kind of looking goofy or all all clasp let's say and i think i would like to try one on strap but um, mm-hmm. i want to say lug to lug this watch is somewhere around 51 millimeters so it's a bit bit lengthy for me yeah look the new one lug to lug is uh 48 ah 48 okay sorry then well then you know i i would have to try it because again um if the bracelet tapers so nicely and those end links do come down vertically, maybe it's worth a shot. I, I do like it. I've always thought that the, uh, 300 here is, it's an interesting watch because it obviously costs, you know, pretty decent amount above the 300 M and it's a bit more, like you said, a retro watch. It's, I, I always think that it, um, it plays a little bit up market, kind of like a 50 fathoms or something like that. It just mm-hmm, looks, mm-hmm. uh, looks more luxurious, honestly. That's a good, uh, comparison with a uh, 50 fathoms. Um, we had one in the office, uh, one week or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the no red version, we put out a video on, uh, on YouTube and an article on, uh, on the website and that watch, uh, different topic of course, but that watch really, caught me by surprise hmm. i've never been that much of a, a 50 fathoms fan but this watch i we received it it was delivered and i put it on the wrist and i said whoa <laughs> this actually looks this, this really looks cool it's a 40.3 i think millimeter diameter watch and um there's one thing that i don't fancy that much about this uh, uh Blancpain, and that's that uh, the the Blancpain writing in the in the case that might be something historical or not i don't know but but i think you're in the end you're spot on i think the seamaster 300 is quite a good um um yeah um competitor for that uh, for that watch i wouldn't say it's a competitor for the submariner submariner i think that's the 300 m mm-hmm. but this watch could be a bit uh, in that in that league of that Blancpain. Yeah, and uh, by, but I guess the time this comes out, you'll see I did a little comparison against the uh, the uh, Panerai submersible, the uh, forty-two millimeter Azuro, and I think I think this watch also plays against that a little bit as well. Or Panerai, I mean, we <laughs> you mentioned the sandwich dial and some similarities on the on the numerals that people have called out, but. I think it plays uh, against those watches as well because, again, it's it's a higher end dive watch, and Panerai's yeah. are certainly not inexpensive. So, yeah, I, I think a really good update from Omega, and happy to see again the new material. And I think the changes, such as less writing on the dial, are are great moves. So, yeah, well done. And I, I guess with that, we can move to a different type of three hundred altogether. Yeah, and uh, yeah, let, and let's perhaps speed it up a bit because I also know that it's super difficult when we discuss these watches in detail and people are listening to this while commuting. Um, it's often very difficult to keep track of the details that we're mentioning. Um, sure. But the 300M, um, 
is also a watch that, that that caught me a bit by surprise because I have the 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 well the original let's say the OG the twenty five thirty one point eighty uh, a bit of nerd talk here but that's the nineteen ninety three blue three hundred M uh, how it was also used in a, a number of Bond movies and um, I really like that watch and I have the 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 one in titanium rose gold and uh, tantalum. And so I really am fond of these 300M watches. And now a few years ago, I think 2019, they introduced the 300M in titanium with ceramic with no date in 43.5 millimeter. And this year they introduced two new ones, one full ceramic, they call it the black black, and that's the one that was in our box of nine watches. And they have the full ceramic with, well, then not full ceramic, but ceramic and Setna gold which also is a very nice combination that we know from the dark side of the moon at some point. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that dark side of the moon had a meteorite dial on top. Um, but I need to, uh, to, 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 check my, uh, yeah. to check my articles. But um, So there are two ceramic 300M models added to the collection. Uh, so the first one was titanium with ceramic. The one we had was the full ceramic, black, black. And there's a third one is ceramic and Setna gold. And I have to say, I didn't like it when it was in the box. When I took it out of the box, I still didn't like it. And then I put it on and then boom. I thought that looks good. <laughs> and I was really surprised because uh, it's not a watch for me. I already struck and I need one. I know I need one at some point. I want to add a Speedmaster Dark Side of the Moon. And like the original one that came out in 2013. I still want one. And um, and there was also a, a Black Black edition of that one that I never liked. And now I tried this one, this 300M in Black Black, and it was really, it looks really amazing on the wrist. And um, there's just enough contrast to properly be able to read the time, which is good. Uh, the loom is really uh, hefty. The one we have is, it's interesting. So we get prototypes. Normally, on the, everything is um, blue, uh, blue emission of the loom, except for the, the the dot on the on the diving bezel and the minute hand. But yeah, we had a prototype, so everything was blue except for the dot on the bezel, which was green. <laughs> so if you look at those pictures on the website, be aware that um, it's a prototype and they missed uh, some green on the on a minute hand. But yeah, it's a really nice watch. It's big. It's forty three. Point five. Um, as said, we, we had Gerard in the office, we had Timo in the office. It didn't fit them. It was too big. Uh, we also had Karina in the office. That doesn't fit at all. Um, but it's an amazing watch. It's really, uh, I enjoyed wearing it. I like the, the, the rubber strap is nice. The, the, the finish is nice. The dial is nice. The loom is, uh, it's a bit, uh, this anthracite color. The bezel has this novelty, basically, that it's uh, anti-fingerprint. Okay because they use some kind of laser um, ablation or uh, this, this special technique to, to put in a little um, structure into mm -hmm. the uh, bezel. And it, it's this typical bezel that they also used for the Necton and the America's Cup from 2000. And some people refer to it as the Yardmaster bezel. And uh, that's all true. So it's a positive relief. And then the, the base is a bit uh, structured, so it doesn't be fingerprints. And that's sometimes, that's well, sometimes that's often the issue with ceramic watches that you see fingerprints all over. So you will not have that with, with this watch. It has the wave dial, and the case back is interesting because um, 
normally they use machining to to get this circular grain now they use it with laser they could be more precise and also the engraving in the case back is now better visible because they use laser and not so machining and last but not least the crowns so the winding crown as well as the helium valve crown are also both made of ceramic It's a very technical watch and you have to be into that or to to yeah to appreciate these things if you don't and it's not for you I guess but uh, yeah it's a very technical watch and it looks like a very technical watch and <laughs> I had the discussion recently uh, uh with a guy and uh, we were talking about that a lot of these watches are retro and vintage inspired and I said yeah but it's logical because a lot of a lot of us watch collectors and enthusiasts uh, we buy watches we collect watches because there's also a certain uh, hint of uh, of nostalgia and then he said yeah but what what about the, the people that are just are uh, getting into watches and they have no sense Basis. for this nostalgia yeah. or no no they they don't want to have something historical they just want a modern watch but high end and i think that's where watches like this come into play yeah, I so you know, and looking at it more closely, and of course, looking at the article, I can appreciate it, and I'm sure just the the build quality is fantastic. Um, it, it boy, to to make a Swatch Group reference here, I remember when I was a kid collecting swatches, I ended up buying a uh, Swatch chronograph that was all black, and wow. it, it was the strangest thing, and. You know, yet it glowed as well. And yeah, it was, it was unique. I think that, you know, the struggle I have with watches like this is that, okay, that this version is 8,500 and, you know, that's a, it's obviously a healthy sum of money to spend on a very, very specialized watch like this, but, um, it's, it's cool. I think that, you know, I, I don't know what I would choose, but I would probably put on a more contrasting strap. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, just to make it stand out a little bit more, but I am looking at the version with the gold and kind of got to tell you, <laughs> I'd probably go with that direction. <laughs> it's uh 11,100 I see, but I think the gold really looks pretty great with it okay gold looks good with everything but uh it looks fantastic here yeah no i agree i agree um that one looks also nice they didn't send that one it's a bit more expensive because the one we had was 8.6 k euro uh, or 8,000 swiss francs excluding vat and uh, the the ceramic with gold is 11.3 k euro including vat so it's uh, quite a bit up uh, but uh, it looks nice. I like the contrast, but I think we had the same discussion when in 2018 the new three or the current 300M came out, the normal ones. Yep. Um, that we also preferred the the, the, the steel one with the, one with the Setna gold with the with the black strap and uh, black dial. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just an amazing combination. Looks nice. So, so let me before we move on from this one to our kind of last grouping. Um, They've now come out with the the dark side of the moon um, and all ceramic with this all black look. They've got the um, the three hundred M here, and do you think we will ever see a thirty eight sixty one powered Speedmaster Professional that's all black? I don't know. Um, I think It'd be the pretty cool, wouldn't it? 
It would be very cool. And I have seen some um, people that I think it was, uh, it's this guy, uh, Dave from uh, Monaco. He's, I think he's originally from the Netherlands mm-hmm. or Belgium. And uh, Dave, he is a painter and also a watch collector and dealer and so on. And he had a 2003 Snoopy. And I think he made it black by either PVD or DLC. And it looked really cool. Okay. Didn't Abel Court uh, also make one of his Speedmasters? Yeah. All, uh, he, he coded it as well, yeah. I think. And it looked great. Yeah. I actually... I think it looks great. I have seen some prototypes in the archives at uh, Omega also in black and there was an issue with that I remember and there was a reason that they didn't do it but uh, perhaps today's technologies are different it looked quite old with what I saw there so um, I think with today's stuff with ceramics it should not be an issue and uh, yeah perhaps if if you don't but on the other hand if you don't have the 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 association with the, the whole moon story or the, the history of the Speedmaster, you just want to have a modern chronograph. I think there's the dark side of the moon, but it's, yeah, it's just big. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to hand wound, there's the Apollo 8, of course, uh, but it's like 44.25 millimeters. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, a ceramic at white or a ceramic uh, moon watch, that would be something really cool. Yeah, I think it would be neat. So, a little bit of set now to it. Yeah. So so moving on to the, uh, let me make sure I say this right. Is it Tresor or Tresor? How do we say Yeah, it? I don't know. So Deville Tresor, I would say. There we go. Um, so the Deville Tresor was already there. I remember that you, Balash, and I, I think, were in London for Q- Salon QP a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and I think at the time they had this Neil Deville Tresor as, as men's watches, I think in white gold, especially with this little hobnail dial. I'm not sure if you can remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we saw it in a boutique and I think we were all quite impressed. Um, and then later on, they, they, they added some more models to the collection. But yeah, today they have this um, Deville Tresor with small seconds or petit seconde and power reserve. Um, that's two flavors. So you have you have the Deville Tresor with a power reserve and small seconds, and you have the Deville Tresor only with small seconds. And um, this was a big, uh, also, uh, yeah, something I didn't see coming, and that I really enjoyed wearing. We had the yellow gold. I by accident. Here's the other accident that happened this morning. <laughs> we called it the moonshine gold because we were like convinced it was moonshine gold, but it wasn't. It's, it's uh, 3N gold, so yellow gold, and um, very nice dial. There's a little structure in there, so I don't I don't know if it's an opaline dial or something, but it's not white, and um, it really looks good. We took some pictures uh, uh, with that watch with the uh, wrist of uh, Gerard, and it's on the website, and it really looks amazing. I think... This is one of these watches that is a bit of a hidden gem and uh, a bit overlooked, perhaps. The feel is, yeah, is, I think, in general, a bit overlooked by uh, many of us. And um, there are 10 new references. We Unfortunately, we only got one. and um, But they have steel ones, uh, yellow gold, uh, Setna gold. Um, and they also have... Um, like small seconds and with um, uh, power reserve. And then there are two models in steel with diamonds. So we also got one in steel with a diamond bezel with a burgundy red dial. And I put it on and I yeah, I didn't I didn't like it. It's not for me. But then I put it on the wrist of my wife. And then I thought, shit, 
that looks really cool. It's a 40 millimeter watch, so it's a bit big for her, but um, it really looks awesome. And I don't actually know who they target this on. I asked, and they said no. We 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 uh, we uh, we thought of it as a as a as a watch for for gents. We basically uh, did the design there. But um, yeah, I think in the end, if you're a woman and you love this watch, you should buy it. I think it really looks nice. Um, it's a cool watch, but not not for me. I don't like the diamond bezel, but the gold one is really nice. And in the collection, there's a Setna gold with a blue dial, which is an amazing combination that I really uh, love. And there's a steel one with a blue dial, which is also quite amazing. So this watch is rarely, uh, uh, well, um, uh, fairly thin, I, I want to say. And it has a movement that has a, a power reserve and a small seconds. And then there's also the movement with only the small seconds. So we're talking about uh, caliber 8935 for the two small subdials and the 8927 for only small seconds. The funny thing is the thickness of the case is exactly the same. So despite the extra, well, it's a complication, I guess, power reserve, there's no uh, difference in height of these watches. It's 10 point, uh 10.07 millimeters which is nice and yeah and they both have 72 hours of power reserve which is quite a bit it's quite a step up because like i said a bit earlier in the show that the caliber 8900 often has two barrels with 60 hours this this one has 72 hours it's hand wound so you that's the way you get the difference in height from the, uh, the the automatic ones of course there's no rotor um but they did something to the barrel they didn't make the, the diameter bigger but they ensured that there is more volume inside the barrel basically which explains the um yeah the more uh, the more hours yeah i i think this is a really cool looking watch i think these are really nice as well and i love the fact that they're manual wind um that always is a is a real bonus for me. And it, you know, you, you mentioned you got the, the diamond bezel version and then the other version, um, you got was the yellow gold. Yeah. Yeah. And, and very nice looking, but when I look on the website at some of the dial color choices, you've got, um, like you said, blue, there are some, you know, gold models with either green dial or the burgundy dial. You got Mm-hmm. grays and th- those vivid color models i think actually really jump out to me versus just the you know the whitish silver ones i i i think um, but would you dare would you dare if you if you had like these watches are not cheap so these watches uh, the gold one that i just mentioned that, that we had was uh 17.4 thousand uh, euros so it's not cheap would you then spend that much money on something that let's pick a weird one, a yellow gold one with a green dial, or a or a Setna gold one with a with a burgundy dial? Would you dare? I think I would. I I don't. Um, you know, a gold watch for me is maybe like a gold watch has always been for people is not something you'd wear every day, and I think I would want to wear something. Do. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they're they're. <laughs> Those people are fantastic, by the way. But uh, no, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I think I would want something with a little bit of uh, jazz to it. Okay, maybe green or uh, burgundy would be something I'd really have to think about. But blue, I don't think is or gray is the not a. Yeah, the set and blue is really stunning. I, uh, I think so. As you know, I have a set now gold um, uh, Globemaster. 
and uh, it has this upper line um, dial and I was thinking about getting as a spare part the blue dial from the gold steel version uh, steel and, and Setna gold and then uh, swap it I think you and there's no um, there are no applied things on that dial that would clash with the case no because I think it's also uh, Setna gold uh, um, indexes well I think you have your answer then don't you yeah yeah, yeah, just need to source one, but we can work on that. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's a neat combination. But I also have to say, um, if there's one gold Rolex that I like, you know, it's a it's a day date, and there's also a day date with a green dial. Oh yeah. And here's the Deville Tresor in yellow gold with a green dial, and it really looks cool. I really have to say, it looks cool. Yeah, these Tresors. I mean, they've. You remember when we were in uh, Geneva? I guess they were showing us. Um, I want to say it was a Trezor, one of the city models that they mm-hmm. were doing a couple years ago. They were doing these city-specific models. Um, yeah, it was for, for Geneva, for Venice. New York, they had. Venice, I mean, yeah. And I always thought those were really nice. They have the, um, didn't they do some Olympic models as well, um, based upon this, uh, based yeah, upon the Trezor? Be, yeah. I, I always think it's a really nice um, case. I... I think we we obviously focus a lot on the sports models, but these are really nice looking watches. And if I think about, you know, Grand Seiko and some others that uh, get a lot of the press when it comes to, say, traditional dress type watches, um, I think these very much are are in the hunt styling wise. Yeah, fully agree. Um I really like it. When I unboxed it, it was uh, yeah, I thought it was super interesting. I know Gerard had to get a bit used to it, he, but he, it took him a few minutes to uh, <laughs> to adapt. But um, yeah, I really like it. There's only one thing I don't like. Mm-hmm. As I said, we had the the yellow gold version, and the movement is like amazing. Uh, it has a sapphire case back, and then you see the hand wound movement with the with the three big parts, like like the, the bridges and uh, one bridge that has the the balance wheel attached it's set now gold plated mm-hmm. and the rest is uh, a rhodium and that i don't get I, I get the rhodium that's nice it gives a bit of contrast but the, the set now gold in a yellow gold case to me that was a bit awkward it's not a deal breaker for me i mean I, if i want this watch and uh, that would not be a deal breaker to buy it but i think it's, it's a bit of a weird choice because um I think that the Moonshine Speedmaster also has a yellow gold plated plating on a movement. Um, I can check that really quickly. Yes, it has. So why can't they do that for uh, a movement that goes into a yellow gold case? Well, I I don't know, but um, see, I'm I'm kind of on the opposite side of the fence. I like that contrast, and I like all those different colors for for mm-hmm. the metals. So mm-hmm. and. And honestly, it's a really cool looking movement from, from, uh, from behind. And, um, you know, just, just kind of coming back to putting Omega out there as a, as a credible option versus some other dress watches. I, I think we often forget how good Omega is on the movement front now and has been for a number of years, both on the, uh, master chronometer side, but the coax and, Everything's in house. Um, I, I think they really they make some make some pretty compelling stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's 
they, yeah, they definitely really they definitely compete so this the movement looks really good i think it's a it's a watch that you will take you find yourself taking off to admire the movement uh often um one one last remark on a dial <clears throat> um especially the one with the power reserve i think it was a remark from gerard perhaps yourself as well it's it's the, the upper sub dial says power reserve mm-hmm. and i think it was you or Gerard that said oh but yeah what do you expect like a date or uh, it's clear that it's not a date or something else it's a power reserve but i think it's a design choice that that there is something there then everything is um in balance basically yeah you you made a good point when we were off air that um the 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 hand basically that sits in that upper dial doesn't go 360 degrees it basically goes from 10 o'clock to two o'clock on that small dial so there's there would be nothing there so i think they need to to fill a little bit of space and i've come around on it i think it's a really well balanced watch i i like the power reserve version um i i think i would go for that over the small seconds to be honest with you Hmm. yeah i'm not sure yet um I like the gold ones, and I like the, the, the like I said, the blue and the Setna for me is the, the pick, and that one has a power reserve. If I look at the, the, the steel models that start at around uh, 7,000 for only small seconds, I think I would go for the steel one with the, with the blue dial. It yeah. looks awesome. I'm with you there. Yeah, so these were the, 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 the men's watches, basically, in the, in the box that we received. Then there were some ladies' watches. We cover them on, uh, on Fratello. I don't want to, to, uh, well, to bore you too much with it. Um, one remark is that um, um, we have a lady in the team. She is a sh- so she did the write up on the on the ladies' watches. Karina, uh, um, she was fan of the constellation, and we also had a constellation full Setna with a burgundy dial <laughs> with diamonds, and um, she didn't like it. Um, she was more fond of the other constellation that we uh, they had and in gold steel with a with a different color uh, uh, dial. Um, but I have to say, I took it home. And I showed it to my wife, and she had exactly the same. She said, no, uh, what is that? Uh, I don't like it. And then I asked her to put it on, and I took a wrist shot, and she had it on her wrist, and she looked at it, and she said, this is actually very cool. (laughs) (laughs) So it's how quickly something can change when you see it on the wrist. I think that's so important to give it a try. Just give it a try and see how it looks. It it might completely uh, change your opinion on a a certain watch. Absolutely. I think it's a really cool watch. There's a lot of diamonds going on there. It's certainly not 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 a cheap watch. It's thirty five point five k euro, but yeah, it looks amazing. In my opinion, yeah. Well, I, I mean, like you say, a lot going on, but on the wrist is is what counts. And I think that um, certainly today, most people are seeing all these watches virtually. But hopefully, in the next several months, when uh, people get back out to boutiques or when they start to show up. Um, give them a try and i think i think they'll be pretty yeah. impressed yeah i think in general I, I would say try some other stuff than the the the, um, the usual suspects i think it might change your opinion on things and it might change your uh, your view on things i think we are very much influenced by what we see on on websites perhaps like ours so we're also a bit uh, um, uh, to blame but also on instagram facebook and so on people tend to follow the herd a bit and uh, um but i really um 
<laughs> what I found it interesting, if you look at the, the 90s when I started collecting watches, there was no Instagram or Facebook and, and really dedicated websites. And I saw a lot more diversity in watches. I saw a lot more people wearing their Zenith, uh, Abel watches, uh, well, you looked all at sorts the, of different watches. You, you looked at the whole catalog, right? Or you looked at the showcase and actually chose what you what you liked versus what was, yeah. you didn't even know what the most popular model was really. No. And I remember vividly in 95 or 96, I got my first Omega brochure and I picked the constellation 95 as my favorite watch. I was not influenced by anything or, <laughs> or anyone that was just a watch that I really loved how it looks. And I still do, but I think today I would definitely go immediately for Speedmaster because that's the thing that I constantly see everywhere. So you're, you're so much influenced influenced by those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you like that watch, you should buy it, definitely. Uh, Speedmaster has a great watch, as you know. But I would also say, uh, just give it a try. Um, if you see something nice, then why not? So what you're saying is that everybody should go out and try on the uh, DeVille Trezor? Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, buy what you like in the end. But I also feel that uh, don't, don't uh, let yourself... Uh, be guided too much by uh, by others. Uh, try stuff on your wrist. Look at it in the mirror as well. See what looks good and what you love, and then uh, cool. purchase that one. Yeah. Yes. All right. And don't look back. Yeah. Well, we're a little bit over an Thanks, hour, Mike. Yeah, no, that's uh, no, no problem. Um, um, the Temptation Island uh, season on television stopped here anyway, so um, <laughs> that's all fine. <laughs> No, but it has been great talking to you uh, again on the on the podcast, and uh, we should do this more often. But I do also don't want to uh, to make it a foursome. And um, yeah, I think we uh, we saw some pretty nice stuff from Omega. We will so see uh, April seventh, April thirteenth. We will see a lot of watches and wellness things. So um, a lot of brands there, all the Richemont brands. Of course, there's Rolex, there's Tudor, there's Patek. We see uh, a lot of invitations already coming our way we will have uh an actual physical meeting with rolex and tudor on april 7 so that's really cool they invited us to brussels to see the new collection there so we don't have to do it digitally and um yeah i'm looking forward to see what all these brands have been cooking in the past months absolutely it's uh going to be a wild next uh, several weeks i would say but we're we're ready to take it on so and i'm 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 excited to see what uh what what's coming i think uh omega kicked us off really well here of course they started like you said in january and they they followed through here with some some really cool releases so yeah we saw ap last week with some new royal oak stuff a new ceramic uh, coat 1159 also uh, well it's not my favorite model but i think they at least they tried to do something with it <laughs> and um I think before Watches and Wonders, we will see some bridling stuff. And then we have Watches and Wonders. And I think that will be uh, quite some work for us, but a lot of fun for you, our listeners and our readers to uh, to learn about. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, with that, um, as always, if you have ideas for the show or any questions, just reach out to us via Instagram, via our site. And... We thank you for tuning in to this episode on the newest Omegas, and we'll talk to you soon. Mike is out. Thanks for listening. Ciao.